One, two, and three, ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to podcast episode number eight of Raise a Glass, a podcast devoted to the exploration of artisanal beverages. My name is Robert Sickler. I'm your host, and I'm here with Allison Goldberg of Fruitations. Hi, Robert. Thanks for Hi, having me. It is my pleasure. Glad to have you here. Uh, Allison, we met several years ago at Tales of the Cocktail prior to the inception of Finn's Manor. And I remember uh, I was introduced to you by our mutual friend, Warren. Warren Bobro, yes. Yes. And uh, we hit it off quite well. I was intrigued by the fact uh, what you were bringing to market with the Fruitation line. And I remember assuring you, well, when my bar opens, we will carry your products. And I don't A know- man if you... of your word. <laughs> yes. Well, we've certainly represented you uh, over the years. So uh, it's been a pleasure. You make some fantastic products. I'm going to let you dig and talk about that um, yourself in more depth. But for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Fruitations is a line out of New England, and they do a phenomenal tangerine, grapefruit, cranberry, cherry, and ginger syrup. These are all uh, concentrated cocktail syrups that do extraordinarily well in cocktail applications, but also mocktails and also just everyday refreshing beverages um, on the rocks with, you know, a fresh dash of soda water and some fruit. It's, it's a great way to enjoy being outside or just enjoying it. Cocktail parties, gatherings, um, whatever the case might be. So Allison, tell us a little bit about your vision for Fruitations and, and how you got the courage to launch this and, and what, what your inspiration was and some of your, um, your struggles and some of your um, positive affirmations along the way. Uh, oh, how, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, when you say struggles, yes, every day. Um, so Fruitations was sort of uh, born out of necessity. My kids wanted soda. I didn't want to give them anything that wasn't all natural. And so I made a, a cranberry syrup in my kitchen. Uh, I took ingredients from my pantry and, uh, and voila was the cranberry syrup. And I thought, damn, that is really good. I added it to soda water and uh, oh my God, it was delish. And then a friend said, could we add it to vodka? And so once that realization hit, it was a, a bigger, um, leap forward from there. We had, um, I own a specialty food company called New England Cranberry and we had relationships with Whole Foods. So we were able to get fruitations on the shelf there. Um, and that's when the mistakes, the, the learning experiences, the struggles came where it's not moving and you don't understand why. But I think, you know, the, the move from retail back to restaurants, which is my background, was the right move for the company, for the brand. Um, it was a language I spoke. It was a, an industry that I understood. And on top of it all, this stuff was really delicious, really, really delicious. It occurred during the time of, you know, craft cocktails. The specialty food world was, people were willing to, to spend eight, nine bucks on a jar of jelly. And so I thought, hey, if they're going to do that on their plate, will they do it in their glass? 
And so that was the beginning of understanding the potential. And, um, you know, Robert, one of the things you said in, in your very generous intro is how there are struggles. But we, what is it? I think for a brand founder, it's really just believing in what you're doing and what you have and seeing a path forward. If, if that's what you want to do, it's, um, you know, you can make brownies all day long and they're the best brownies ever, but is it something you want to try to bring to market? Mm, maybe not. But with this, I just, I continue to know in my heart, know in my soul that this is the, the path forward is to supply it to restaurants, bring it back home. Um, it's still the most delicious thing. As we were warming up, I had my, my big jug of cranberry fruitations and bubble water out of a can. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's an evolution of understanding the difference between making a syrup in your house, introducing it into the market, and then seeing how to navigate through that market. Yeah, yeah, and of course, with the current state of affairs, I'm sure that you are encountering some uh, major hurdles like the rest of us small business owners and small independent restaurants and bars. We are your clients and suddenly we are, uh, we are in a dire situation. So that must be impacting your growth. It is, it is of course, but I, I really do believe that, um, we all have to figure out, and not, I'm, I'm certainly not preaching, but this is what I've learned from a, uh, a wonderful uh, role model in my dad is that it's so important that we can all understand what each other is dealing with, especially during COVID and all this business where it literally overnight went from fruitations being introduced with Vision Wine and Spirits, who is our broker through Martin Yeti, uh, a wonderful distributor out here in Massachusetts, it was, it was so close, I could taste it. And you know, just going over the edge. And then Governor Baker says, I'm sorry, the number you have reached, you know. And so it shuts down. But we have to, what was the reason it shut down? I, you know, it's like, think of it sort of uh, philosophically in your brain or metaphysically or whatever you wanna do. But for us, it's that same thing. What is this next struggle? I still believe in these products. I still know the value these products bring to a bar such as Finn's in, you know, if somebody wants a non-alcoholic drink, all the beautiful punch bowls that you did in different ways of addressing service, how does Frutations meet those needs and how will it continue to meet those needs once we, once the veil of COVID begins to lift? How can fruitations bring added value um, in smaller kitchens, in kitchens, uh, uh, back bars with limited space, uh, how we can reduce cans and bottles, all, all of those things that we have to figure out, okay, in a to-go cocktail culture, which Massachusetts has just given the thumbs up, um, in that culture, you know, you can pour fruitations and, and soda and spirit and fabulous garnish and voila, you have a wonderful, high value, completely delicious offering for your guests that, you know, in fruitations case, they can make them at home too. So it's where we're continuing to evolve and, and see how we can continue to come up with ideas 
for our customers so then they can return the favor to their guests. It's a work in progress as always. Yes, yes, of course. You had spoken earlier about your career prior to this company being primarily on-premise. What, what did mm -hmm. you do in the on-premise realm? Oh my gosh, I, I have loved restaurants forever. Um, my dad's clients were all restaurant owners and you know the sights and the smells and I waited tables uh, where you, you can be anybody you want to be. Anytime you walk up to a table, hey, I'm so-and-so and you know, adopt a persona or how do you interact? You, we were talking about the bar, that's what I loved. It was, you go up to the table and you have a relationship and you know what i'm going to drop you the bill and we're broken up or you can say hey we'll see you again next time you're in come on by you know that type of thing so i uh, talk about speed dating right <laughs> speed dating and three delicious courses at the border cafe um and i was a prep cook i was a line cook um i was a terrible restaurant manager <laughs> i uh i was awful uh didn't understand why people weren't walking as fast as i was or why they weren't getting the bread on the table fast enough or, or whatever it was but i i can acknowledge that i uh no type a good <laughs> no wasn't working um and i worked for a company in chicago oh i ran a fine dining awards program for a while and ate at some incredible Oh my gosh, what an experience. It was called Girona, Distinguished Restaurants of North America. So I got to see the fine dining aspect of things and the, the level of service, the attention to detail, the quality of the food. Oh my God, Robert, it was incredible. Um, and so I just have this love of the spirit of food and bev and the people that are there. So it's been a um, operations. Uh, I worked for a data company for a while, Crest Consumer Reports on eating share trends. So I, I had a very strong understanding of on-premise, not just um, timing and waiting tables and stuff like that or managing, but also the numbers behind it. So I was looking at a lot of the trends that were happening, um, how Consumers were, how are they using restaurants? Um, all these uh, prepared food companies. So more and more people were willing to spend a little bit more on a little higher quality. And so while um, Stonewall Kitchen and our brand New England Cranberry were both coming up and providing a higher quality, all natural, really basic traditional style product with just a little extra je ne sais quoi. How then would that value translate when consumers were looking at ways to drink a little bit better, drink more creatively. And at the off-premise, you know, in specialty foods, it was stirrings. Uh, there were lots of other brands. Stirrings was really the first. And, you know, Diageo bought them way back when. And um, our difference was that, our benefit was that we weren't telling customers, here's your margarita this is what your margarita has to taste like. You could make a tangerine margarita or you could make a smoky margarita. You know, ours was an integer, a variable that, uh, that bartenders could use. And so that's why on premise it works a little bit better. And, and none of this was planned. It just, it, was, it made sense. And I figured out why I liked it so much and what value it would bring to restaurants.
you had mentioned that you had some time in the kitchen and uh that brings me to the question uh there was something that i wanted to ask you if you had ever attempted any culinary applications of fruitations because i could definitely see some of them being utilized as a glaze um on some dishes uh but i would love to hear any other things that you might have incorporated in your culinary endeavors? Um, so I, I would, people, people ask that and I always think, you know, let me just figure out the glass first and, and then I'll get to the oven. But in the meantime, <laughs> uh, friends, friends are trying to do things. So uh, my friend Scott, he did a tangerine marinade, I'm trying to remember this, with white balsamic, ginger and cilantro. And he did it with a pork tenderloin. And, uh, and, you know, so it was just the little sweetness and acidity that gave it a little something extra. And also it helped with a little bit of the caramelization. Um, this past um, uh, fall, we did, I added some cranberry to, uh, actually, uh, was it the beef? No, I think this was also a pork roast where we wanted to use, um, we had, we actually took some orange marmalade from Ari Campbell from the factory and then used some uh, cranberry fruitations to give it a little bit of tart, mm -hmm. a little bit of acidity, and then used uh, rosemary and, um, oh my gosh, what do we use for the liquid? Oh, it was just a little veggie broth, you know, just to lighten it up and give it a sure. little liquid. And, and it's, you know, I, I think ironically, it's the same as the drinks, you know, We'll give you a little framework, but the rest is up to you. There's no wrong answer. It's finding the flavor profile and the and the tactile love of it that you that you desire, and you make it what you want. Sure. But you know, then there's also the ideas of uh, we we're all about the snow cones around here, the fruitation snow cones, and then you know the other thing. It's like, do you remember Orange Julius? Like. Uh, a soft serve and fruitations and, and all over it. So we're working on some things with that and some ideas, some popsicles, but the food and the cooking is sort of down the road. How about, cause I've been ordering ginger from you for a while, but I haven't seen it in the cute little glass bottles like you have the other stuff. Have you, have you found a package for it yet? Well, we're, we will be updating the labels um, okay. because our address is different because we moved our company. So if only, if for nothing else, we have to do that. But Ginger was a, um, was purely for on-premise. When we first began, when I first started uh, making the brand, it was all about the retail. So we, we actually did labels for cranberry, tangerine, and grapefruit. And then we worked with Crate and Barrel and we created the cherry. So we decided to do it in that size and those labels. And we had customers for those. We had uh, some retail customers, some online customers, things like that. But, uh, but Ginger was really developed for the restaurant world. And uh, I'm gonna whisper this, even though everybody can still hear, we never made a label. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, <laughs> so, so it, you know what? If somebody emailed me and they said, Allison, I would love to have Ginger in, this, in the 375, not the 750, I'd say, okay. We still make it. 
you know, we use it for samples for bartenders and stuff. But Robert, I just never made a label. So it's not available technically. Got it. Well, that stuff is extraordinary, as you know. So uh, much. Thank oh you. Oh my God. It's, it's, you know, so many uh, ginger liqueurs out there are unfortunately produced in such a way that the ginger is an unfortunate back note as opposed to the, you know, the dominant character and the role uh, of the, um, <laughs> you know, the, the bottle. It's, and when I, when I taste your syrup, it's, there's no mistaking that is um, very heavily concentrated ginger and it really comes through in any cocktail and is able to hold its own and it does not get lost. And I, I give you kudos to that. Thank you um, so much. Of course. I love that stuff. Um, right. That's okay. a nasal fixer. What was that? That's a nasal fixer. Oh, yeah. I, I bet. Bolt. Well, you know, actually, that's something that I did do with that is that I, over the winter, make a, like a little bit of a hot toddy version with it. Put mm. in um, with hot water and a little bit of whiskey. And uh, depending on the mood, a, a tiny bit of lemon to cut through it and just... Let your, let yourself steep in that. Really delicious. Sounds lovely. Why don't you touch on a couple of the other flavors and maybe your, your favorite cocktail application that you've either experienced in all time or that you're enjoying <laughs> currently? So um, I love that you said that there was no mistaking what flavor it was because I think really that's the whole core of fruitations is that you're drinking fruitations cranberry and you know that that is cranberry and the same can be said for all the fruits so cranberry grapefruit and tangerine were first and they are they're exactly what you think they are they're not supermarket uh ocean spray kind of thing that the more you add it doesn't necessarily become more cranberry-y, it just becomes more sugary and still the same resolution, if you will. And with frutations, it's just so intense and so basic. So cranberry, ginger, and excuse me, cranberry, grapefruit, and tangerine were first. And you know, here's one of the happy accidents. I didn't plan on it, but suddenly I was like, hey, these are the three main bar juices. That's pretty cool. And so, when I went, when I was going door to door, it was a much easier sell. You know, it wasn't like I was coming after them with, hey, look at this completely, you know, jalapeno, lavender, fill in the blank here. You know, who, what is it? So I could, I could basically say to them, hey, why don't you make a, a very simple, I would always say, just add it to a little bit of vodka. And, you know, as you would use a, uh, I gave them the basic measurements and they would make it and the expression on their faces when they tasted it and realized, wait, I just did a quick pour and I got this. That was a, an eye-opening experience for me as well because the bartenders were giving me the language and the understanding of really how to articulate what it was that the brand was doing and making a difference and how it was making a difference. So we were at a fancy, so those were those three. And we were at a fancy food show um, and uh, this, these wonderful people from Crate and Barrel came up and they said, hey, could you make me other flavors? And they wanted a cherry and they wanted an orange for a snow cone mixer. So suddenly, Frutations 
was the software to their hardware. And then I began to understand about, okay, we are an incremental purchase. We are merchandising. And so one day we'll get back to retail in earnest with all these things, but we're, we're becoming much better known in restaurants. And so you've got the, oh wait, I had this delicious thing in the restaurant. Can I buy that online? And then I'll say, yes, you can, America. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah that, that's, a good, that's a great point that I completely slipped my mind is the online sales. Are you right. shipping uh, in general to, to just the general public, not just Absolutely. licensed uh, accounts? Great. Absolutely. And that's just adfortations.com. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying this because Allison is a friend. I'm saying this with utmost certainty and conviction. You will not find a better cranberry oh, concentrate yes. in, on the market, period, yeah. than, than what so she much. brings to the table. And the, the, they're all amazing. But the one the one thing that I've always noticed is, it's excruciatingly difficult to find a respectable cranberry unless you have to spend like $15 in a natural health store for their cranberry concentrate, which is nowhere near as um, enjoyable to actually drink, pour, to pour straight into a beverage as yours. And, and, you know, furthermore, I just, I like supporting, I like supporting people that are, independent entrepreneurs that have done their time in on-premise. <laughs> <just, laughs> that, that is definitely yes, a group of people you. that I like to support, damn it. Thank you. And, and you, Robert, have always been just completely supportive and you've encouraged me and you understand how it benefits your business. And that on top of everything else, that this product does its job for you. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Well, and, and you should be proud of the fact that my, my staff, who's never even met you, is, in, is, is equally in love with the product as myself. Thank and if you. I tried to substitute it for something else, I'd probably get lynched. So just know that. They would, they would uh, revolt in a heartbeat. Um, they, love, they love your product. So it's wonderful. Thank you. Yes. The people have spoken at Finn's Manor. Yes, they have. Okay, so back to cocktails. So we talked about um, we talked about vodka. We talked about um, what else did we do? We what what is a cocktail that you thoroughly enjoy with the utilization of the tangerine? Oh my gosh! So I was made. Uh, there's a bartender in uh, Rhode Island. His uh, wonderful guy by the name of Vito Lance. And Vito made me a tangerine mojito that I, I it, it has stayed with me. It was so bright and light and yet creamy and refreshing and aromatic with the mint. The tangerine and the mint have a beautiful simpatico going on. And it was, and it was just the right temperature of cold and wonderful. And I, it blew me away because he did it in two seconds, two seconds. Sure. And it was also really at the beginning of my, my education um, and how 
he was using it as a tool to make something that was so nuanced and it, yet it wasn't the center because I could fully taste the spirit and, and the, the texture with the bubble water, you know, just the float. And it was just a, a full circle, wonderful enjoyment from, you know, the, the sense of smell with the mint and the texture with the bubbles and the creaminess and the, oh, it was just beautiful, beautiful. That is one thing that is, is remarkable about your products is literally a, a bar spoon in a cocktail can make a world of difference. Just right. a bar spoon. It's, it's, it's very like concentrated. The secret of what is the secret of a tomato sauce is anchovy paste. You know, the secret of, uh, of, of that little salt. And then the secret, we're the anchovy paste of your cocktail. That's probably not a good slogan. <laughs> uh, it'd be good in a Bloody Mary, I could tell you. Hey, there you go. <laughs> For sure. Um, so what is a beverage in existence out there, fruitations completely aside, or perhaps fruitations involved? But I'm curious, is there a beverage that Alison Goldberg cannot envision living without? Uh, well, besides water, right? Um, uh, well, I, I love Scotch, Robert. I love it. <laughs> a woman after my heart. I, so my, you know, when I was a kid, my dad would come home and I'd say, dad, do you want me to, do you need a drink after work? And so I'd go, my parents had this wonderful chest full of, you know, I can see all the bottles over time. It was like, there was Cuddy Sark, there was Dewar's, there was, you know, Johnny Walker, fill in the color, uh, Glenn, all kinds of glens and, uh, yes exactly exactly i see that bottle over your shoulder and um i just gained this love for it and i know a lot of it was the attachment to my dad and my uncle but it was the drink that my parents drank and now for me it's it's not just the how i love the warmth of it and how it it cures what ails you whether you are celebrating whether you have a cold with honey and lemon or or whether you just need something warm on a cold day. And I just, I love a good scotch on the rocks, man. Bring it. Love Ugh. it. Love it. Ugh. Yeah, it, it, it seems to, uh, I don't know, it seems to speak to me whether it's whatever the season is uh, and, and whatever yes. I'm consuming and whatever the company, right. uh, scotch on the rocks is always a lovely Ugh. accompaniment. Uh, right down to the last little diluted bit at the bottom of the glass. Um, well, that's, that's part of the beauty is the way that the, the drink literally evolves in your glass as the ice melts and, yes. you know, it agitates the, it opens it up a little bit, the oils expand and you're getting like additional aromas that come about as a, as a result of this interaction between air, water and right. the actual distillate and God. It's always changing, and and uh, yeah, that first sip will put some hair on your chest. Uh, as it goes, it just becomes more and more enjoyable. Well, that brings me to the next question, and you may have already answered it, but what was the first beverage that you encountered that literally gave your palate a aha moment? That, that struck you as this uncanny assemblage of flavor that you found irresistible 
intriguing and, and you really needed to know more about and you've be, been a fan of it ever since? Oh my gosh. I'm, I only have one. Um, yeah. I mean, if, from an alcohol perspective, it was oh, my it, first mar martini. Like I just was like, gin it was a surprise. I, you know, it was sort of the other one. Um, my parents went through their Stoli stage. They didn't go through their Tangare stage. <laughs> and so uh, uh, it was that first martini, just like a tiny bit of vermouth, a whisper of vermouth, three yeah. big olives, baby. Give me that pimento. And just, <laughs> I get, and how, how the olives just absorbed that, that um, the, not, not so much the aroma, but the, the spicy of the gin. It was, a, it was a Bombay, not a Bombay Sapphire. It was a Bombay gin, straight up three olives. And, uh, and that changed my, my spirits. It opened me up beyond you know, the traditionals in our house. Um, from a non-alcoholic standpoint, it was my very first mango lassi at, uh, at a wonderful Indian restaurant that like, <laughs> refreshing creamy you just full in the mouth cold hot uh, unbelievable at mohan's yeah oh my god crazy and so you know it's flavor it, and that's i think that's what it is with me it has you know none of this namby pamby stuff you want to be flavorful you want to boom you gotta go 100 percent. and yes. i think both of those drinks and maybe that's where fortations also find its finds finds its core is that it's just, it is, right? There's, there's no questioning. A mango lassi, a good mango lassi, oh, you know it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely do know it. It's one of my favorite things on the, in the universe as well. And my wife, Jotties, she, she, can, she can say no to a lot of things. It's very hard for that girl to say no to a mango lassi. <laughs> right, and then it quells the heat from, from your chicken tandoori or whatever else you got going on or your chana oh, yeah. masala. Oh, Robert, uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> I know. I, I love how the Mexicans create beverages to cool, like horchata, for instance. Yes, exactly. And the Indians do the same. And the Thai people oh, do the same. Oh, it's with just the iced a, coffee and the iced tea. Oh my God. They know what they're doing. The cream in there, you know, sweetened condensed milk. You keep your skim milk, baby. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely never been a fan of skim milk. It makes why? me shudder. Why? Why? Uh, right? If, if, yeah, if you're going to go there, just don't consume milk. You know, I would go to Exactly. A How much are you putting in your coffee? Like a gallon and a half? No. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, take the shot. Give her the shot. Take the fat. Go half and half. So with your coffee, Allison, do you ever indulge with whole heavy whipping cream? No question. <laughs> you know, especially after I've made, you know, a recipe with, you know, if I'm baking or something like that, that calls for heavy yep. cream. Yep. Yeah, you can't put a lot because, you know, it's like you need, it's like a paste for crying out loud. For sure. Oh, yeah. But there is no coffee like a, with a little fresh heavy whipping cream. Oh, my God. Uh in a fresh baguette with uh, high quality butter. Uh, these are cool. these are special things. 
What's your favorite butter? What kind of butter do you get? You go European? Usually, yeah. I do, uh, I do a lot of the Irish butters, but I also, there's a, there's a lovely little um, Bulgarian market down the road from me, and they have some interesting butters from all of these, you know, countries. Like, I'm trying to think, there's a, uh, I can't remember, unfortunately, I can't remember the brands, but I go in and I take a look, look and uh, really, whatever they Allison? You still there? Yes. Oh my God! Did I did I go black? I uh, I could see you, but we're good. You were, okay. no, you were just talking about the place down the street. Yes, I hope we did not start over. My God, that would be wretched. So for the listeners, um, yes, we are unfortunately dealing with the impulsive nature of wireless systems, and in the midst of our conversation, the screen went black. I don't know if this is a second recording. God, I hope not. But if so. We can always uh, figure out a way to edit these two together. That'll just be a whole new learning curve for me because I haven't gotten there yet. But anyway, we're talking about butter. So I like a, lo a lot of the Irish butters and I do buy some like, you know, natural stuff as well or some local stuff as well. Um, but like I said, there's a Bulgarian market down the road and they oh, have fantastic. some different butters from different countries over there. And in the Eastern Bloc area that are all made without a bunch of creepy chemical preservatives and additives right. and whatnot. And a good Bulgarian feta goes far. Oh, Bulgarian feta and Bulgarian yogurt is, is utterly so divine. Good. So, Robert, oh. what are we talking about now? Just the food side of things? <laughs> <laughs> it's flavor, flavor. Exactly. Oh, your Boston <laughs> accent, I love it. <laughs> um, so one of the questions that I was going to ask you, and, and uh, if you feel the need to maybe mention more than one, I understand, because I don't want you to upset any of your fans in multiple cities, but if you had <laughs> to name a city that, that holds particular, particular reverence for you for their cocktails, what city would that be? Um, my, my experience in that, in that realm, I guess, relates back to the genesis, really, of the kickstart of Rotations, which is New Orleans, which is where uh, Tales of the Cocktail lived for a very long time. And I went down there and had a, a life-changing experience, you know, it was, it was being in a city with with my um, partner in crime <laughs> and, and no kids and, and a wonderful group of uh, advocates that it just told the story. So we ended up in New Orleans at a Tales of the Cocktail dinner for Jägermeister, a bartender named Todd Richmond. He found Fruitations through, and this is 2013, I think, a Pamela Wisnitzer uh, who, had it at her apartment. I sent her a bunch of bottles and Dwayne Fernandez and Jesse Duray. And um, they had these bottles and Hurricane Sandy hit and Todd was mixing with this stuff. And the next thing I know, I'm in New Orleans having like oysters and beautiful drinks and um, the carousel bar and it was all of the, I think we went through like the, 
she got one, I got number two. She got number three, I got number four. We just went down the list of all the traditional cocktails. And it was a wonderful experience. Fruitations was featured at that dinner and I got to taste a lot of New Orleans, that's for sure. And it was, it's just something that was so impactful on me as a, I know I was a little bit older, but as a young adult in a way, you know? And then, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in a, in another traditional sense, like from a, from a cocktail standpoint, I just always sought out a really good, simple drink. I wanted to start off with the basics. And so there was a, a, an older gentleman who lived across the street from me and we would go out to dinner and he would order old fashions and Manhattans. And, and that, was, that was sort of a turning point. That was a turning point. It wasn't, I wouldn't say like any one particular city, but it was the events along the way. You know, in Las Vegas, I had an agroni when I was out to dinner with an Italian gentleman out there, Reno, and holy moly, was that an eye opener, you know? And, and the history of the drinks, that's what was so fascinating. It's not like, you know, you, you just order an agroni. Well, hello, somebody had to figure that thing out. And that was equally as exciting. Oh my God, that Negroni was so good. <laughs> you remember what venue you're at in Las Vegas? Um, so we were, it was sort of a sales call. So we were at, um, oh my gosh, I, where, I almost want to say, no, that wasn't it. I know we had, we had lunch at uh, Giada's restaurant when we were out there. And uh, I met, uh, do you know Constantine? Um, uh, wonderful gentleman out there who works with Hakkasan. But anyway, so we had a drink at Giada's and then I, I can't remember what it was, but it was all like these sales places that we had to go. Ro oh, Rose Rabbit Lie. Oh my God, that was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm taking that back. Rose Rabbit, holy crap. And they used frutations and you know, my heart was just bursting out of my chest. It was incredible. It was incredible. They had cranberry. Yeah. That's awesome. Holy, oh yeah, that whole, yeah. Oh wait, I might have to change this. We might have to rewind. Las Vegas has a lot of drink memories for me now that I think of it. Emily yet put cranberry fruitations in a sea breeze that they squeezed the grapefruit fresh and, um, and used cranberry fruitations. Oh my gosh, that was another one. Nice. So Amazing. Las Vegas and New Orleans. Yes. All right. Yeah. All oh right. my gosh. We've identified that. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have very, very, very fond memories. Where we met, Robert. Yeah, that is where we met. Indeed. And uh, it's a city that's always been very near and dear to me. And uh, I was fortunate to be a resident of there for some time and have often thought about returning one day, but we will just have to see what happens with uh, the state of the world. Um, <laughs> Which is why having good drinks is a very good thing. Indeed. Allison, are there any rituals or routines that contribute to your success or perhaps your ability to maintain sanity in insane times other than a drink <laughs> 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 or two? Right. Um, 
So I get up pretty early in the morning. And uh, if I'm driving to work, I just sort of let the quiet come in and let my mind think about what I need to get done during the course of the day, envision what I need to get done. You know, if I'm cooking up a batch of something, I just sort of visualize the process of the ingredients and, and figuring it out. And when I get to my desk and just the quiet, I, I am able to, yes, answer emails, but think about what I'm trying to say. What is the agenda for the day and the week? And just without the distractions of the phone ringing or people coming and going or the actual business of the factory, it's uh, it's a really a time that I've I've come to relish quite a bit when when the house is quiet when the office is quiet, I uh, you know maybe I'll put on a little music or just listen to the noise outside, and just focus a little bit, and it makes me tune out the noise. It it doesn't make me tune out the noise. I'm able to tune out the noise. And I mean that from everything from naysayers to foot draggers to other companies that are doing some things and through the, you know, I guess it's very meditative actually, now that I'm, I'm seeing what it, the benefits of it, it's instead of looking at other companies saying, oh my God, they're doing this, they're doing that, should I be doing this, should I be doing that? I'm just, you know, keeping my, my row, taking it, staying on it, not getting distracted and um, finding the path for the brand and myself, of course. Yes, yes, don't yeah. forget that self-care. Uh, lots. I mean, look at me, <laughs> lots of self-care needed. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, since this is audio, you do not have the visual <laughs> that I have, which is, uh, oh my God, Allison, are you, a, uh, are you in a very um, unhealthy relationship or? No, so when, when she first popped on, she had a, Two black eyes, two black eyes and a, and a damaged nose. And poor Allison had a little fall the other day. And uh, so it's a good thing we're going on audio as opposed to- Right. I, I, they always say a, a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me too. <laughs> oh man. Well, I guess, um, what are a couple additional messages you might want to give to the listening audience ladies and gentlemen who may not be familiar with your products uh what about your um about any future developments about i guess any type of awareness that you might want to bestow any takeaways that you may want to leave thank you um you know i i think we, we all go through our, our COVID path and, and it's, I don't know if the word pivot is overused, but we were, we were so prominent for our brand. It was all restaurants. And with the closing of everything, we've had to change our focus and, and see what else we can do. And so while we are not really on supermarket shelves anymore, we've developed our online business. We have a new website. We have uh, a much more, um, Folk, a greater focus on social media. And, and you know, Robert, while you and I are having this wonderful uh, banter repartee back and forth, I'm not always, like, to get out there is, it's a struggle for me to present myself. So I'm getting more comfortable with that and recognizing that it's, 
it's me that's the brand and to sell it. And, you know, I suppose if you're listening to this, my passion will come through and, oh, you know, is she on? No, I'm always like this when I talk about flirtations. And so it's translating that passion to the public, I guess, in a way that a, a self-funded brand has to figure out how to do. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to um, work with this wonderful group of young ladies that I found through Boston College and they're helping me and do the social media and Crystal is fantastic in helping a, um, not a younger, in quotes, uh, entrepreneur perhaps, figure out what in the world this social media business is when, you know, stick me with a rotary phone and, you know, give me reruns of Columbo and I'm okay. <laughs> so, so that's been our big thing, right? Is to shift over to online and let people know that, look, we are in some five-star properties. We are in some dive bars. We are in some chains. We are in some wonderful family independence. We are served in your beautiful punch bowls, in your, on your drink menu as individual drinks, with alcohol, without alcohol, snow cone, shave ice, baby showers, you know, all really delicious, all natural, all handmade, all handcrafted. And if you believe enough in it, it will, it'll happen. It's just finding the way to do it. And uh, for me, it's recognizing that time isn't necessarily a linear thing. It's just checking the boxes off the list and moving the chains and keeping it going forward. So right now it's really the website and online retail as restaurants are slowly reopening and uh, we're, we're hopping back on the, on the bandwagon for that. But it's, it's figuring it out. And, and again, to the beginning of our conversation, it's knowing the value in the brand and you taste the stuff and it's, you know, it knocks it out of the park every time. And I didn't make it out of, you know, I didn't go into books and I, I just said, Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and that, those were the flavors and they continue to be, <laughs> I want them to taste bleeping delicious. That's what they should be incredible because why bother otherwise? Why, why go for something that's, you know, eh, it's what's for dinner, you know? No, don't eat it. Don't drink it if it's not great. And, and you know, then all of the, like, truly, and, and all of those, uh, all the canned beverages, the canned spirits, we're starting to add fortations to that, too, because why not elevate those cans and the spirited seltzers and the spiked seltzers and all that stuff. So trying to figure out more uses and more ways and online and keeping keeping it alive because have you met me? Type A, get out of my way, I'm coming. Keeping it alive. Pebble in your shoe. Drink up, America. <laughs> <laughs> Very fine advice. And we can talk about this more offline, but I would highly recommend um, the notion of perhaps getting in business with a couple out-of-state distributors who could ship your products to their retail stores as well as their on-premise. And if you would like a couple connections here in Colorado, I would be happy to make that happen. You are so kind. Thank you. Certainly. Thank you. But, but I think I, I, I know that any 
small distributor house, the type that that really covet boutique artisanal beverages would uh, would absolutely be thrilled to have you in their portfolio. Thank you. Thank you. So maybe that's something you need to consider while on-premise is struggling. I think we're going to be struggling for some time. Um, right. Well, I, I definitely feel like, you know, it's, it's very much a back to basics and fruit and pure cane and water. That's about as basic as you get. And so I, I think is, you know, when, when the dust settles and, and we see where we are, I, I mean, I think we see it now, people buying more flour and, and salt and butter and baking at home and bringing it back to basics and whatever noise, just chilling, right? And, and what's the, it's not even what's the value, it's like, what does it give to you? Where does it, does it generate some warmth inside from how delicious it tastes and it's made with love and, you know, that, that's anything. That's whatever you serve at your restaurant from your heart. And, and that's very much where we are. Well, speaking of delicious. <laughs> yes. If Alison Goldberg was a beverage, how would her friends describe her? Uh, her friends describe her. Uh, or how would you describe yourself if need be? Um, well, I def so I, I, I definitely think I'm, uh, I'm unique. That's for sure. You know, all the people that I've met in this wonderful industry, the spirits industry, what a gift. I mean, I'm, uh, I have two kids. I, my oldest is about to be a senior in high school. Um, I'm a little bit perhaps closer to a hundred than a lot of these young bartenders are. So, <laughs> you know, wide scale. So for me, it's, it's a uh, unique Complex. and refreshing. I'm definitely, I, I don't know what drink is called a ball buster. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, bold and true and, uh, and unique and, I don't know, what's the cocktail of all these things? Uh, I, I don't even know. I think, but, that, uh, I think that sounds perfect and, and accurate. Yeah, what's, what's gonna refresh you and surprise you and be unique and stand out and uh, call attention to themselves very quietly? Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Alison Goldberg of Fruitations.